Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeon Hockey, a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris, and on this episode, we want to welcome our special guests, Brandon Price and Justin Monroe. Welcome, boys. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thank you. It's, it's been a long time since I've been here, so I'm glad that you know I'm still allowed to come back. <laughs> still allowed to come back. You're so busy, we can't get you back on. You're so busy, you don't even want to join our uh, USPHL After Dark Fantasy Hockey League. But, you know, I guess one and done for you, right? You win a championship and run. Hey, that's how the that's how the greats do it. They get their ring and they're getting out of town. That's how Retiring. I did it. That's how I did it. Retiring on top. <laughs> I don't like talking about this fantasy draft. I started off in first place and I just took a dive. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Like it's it was like you really took off hot. You were you were in a big lead, and then you just I mean you were messaging back and forth and you said, Don't worry, I won't stay on top for long. I always start out strong in any fantasy league and then I plummet to the bottom and I'm like, ah, you're being too negative. And then I watched him plummet to the bottom (laughs) and never recover. And I was like, wow. It doesn't matter if it's football, hockey, baseball, it happens. The only fantasy I don't do is basketball. And it, it happens every year. Mine was a uh, slow developing wagon. You're, you're, you actually started off at the bottom, Brendan. And then you climbed so far up that the rest of us just forgot about you and we we're all fighting for second. You tapered down towards the uh, end of the season because you became too busy to manage your team. And we all kind of got within about 100 points. Yeah, but see, that's the benefit of, of develop. It's kind of like when a baseball team clinches and they're just like, you know what? We'll throw everybody out there. We don't care. We're set. It's kind of, that, was, that was the idea. <laughs> It's pretty much been Ogden this last few months. The Raptors? Yeah. yeah, they, oh, yeah they, they nailed the first half championship with daylight. And here in the second half, you know why risk it? They're already qualified for the playoffs. What is it? They're, I think that's their third, fourth straight uh, division oh, yeah. half championship at least. Yeah. So they've allowed uh, all the Colorado teams to fight tooth and nail for – First place in the second half. Well, we're a generous organization. What, what can I say? <laughs> Gotta give somebody else a shot. Unlike the Missoula <laughs> wagon. Oh my gosh, uh, they're insanely. They're better than they were last year, and they were insane last year. That they were. They were. They were the team to beat last year, and they are the team to beat this year. And they just keep pulling away, and everyone's just wondering how they keep doing it. I, I don't know. I would like to know, but I'd share some of that with everybody else, right? I know your listeners are confused. You're listening to a uh, Pioneer Division, yeah? Yeah, some Pioneer League baseball. Formerly the ahead, no, I was just gonna say the Northern Colorado Owls are the most fun, frustrating, exhilarating, tiring uh, 500 team in the Pioneer League. I mean, they've got what six. Six walk-off wins. Um, they're four and two when they score fifteen or more runs. Uh, they've they've had a game where they were winning by nine going into the ninth and lost. Uh, it really has been a yeah exactly that face, Chris. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, their their home run uh, exploits are prodigious. Uh, they've done a little bit of everything this year, and here they sit. What three, two and a half? Two and a half games out of first place right now um, with a nine-game homestand coming up. Twelve of their last 15 at home. So it's going to be a, it's gonna be fun down the stretch. That was my Pioneer League. Uh, ooh. <laughs> I, I, think, I think our listeners are confused. This is a hockey podcast. but wow. So anyone that's listened to this podcast in the past knows Brendan as the now former uh, play-by-play announcer for the Northern Colorado Eagles. But Brendan, what is your relationship with the Owls again? Let our listeners know. I uh, I do the uh, play-by-play broadcasting for the Owls as well. So this will be my this is like it's in the future. This is my second year uh, with the Owls, and I'm very happy that we've uh, we've upgraded our our broadcast game this year a fair bit. Uh, got one of uh, my good friends who's our technical director and doing our producing and our color commentary. Um, Got the multiple cameras look, ads, lower thirds, you name it. Um, so we, we do all right. 
That's good. That's good. And and listeners, you might have never heard of uh, Justin Monroe before on this podcast, but if you're going to be following ACHA hockey, yeah, (laughs) you're going to be following the Weber State Wildcats this season. You're going to learn who he is very quickly as he is the new. You know what, Justin, why don't you tell our listeners what you'll be doing? So I'm going to be the play-by-play for Weber State. It is a YouTube live live stream every game. Uh, opening night is September 15th. We'll take on the University of Utah. That's a great in-state rivalry. And then to open it up that opening weekend, we also face our biggest in-state rival in Utah State. So that's going to be a great thing on YouTube, all of it. All you just got to do is click on it. It'll be live. You'll hear my voice every week. Trust me, it's not as good as it sounds. <laughs> he's, he's selling himself short. Don't listen to him. And listener, and, 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 sh- and Justin, let our listeners know uh, why we brought up baseball here. Because what are you wearing? Uh, I am wearing the Ogden Raptors uh, baseball uniform. This is the old away. Uh, they are the reigning Southern Division champions for the first half of the year. So they've already clinched a playoff spot. That's why, like Brendan was saying, we're just letting the Colorado teams kind of kind of scrap for that that other playoff spot and that first place to host. We're, we're so generous at letting other people host. If, if, if I had known, if I had known, I would have I worn my, my Owls uh, hashtag windstripes jersey to the pod. You know what? Forget this. It's it's on the other side of the living room. I can go <laughs> grab this here. You guys can you guys can cover for. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive deep into this kind of like going back and forth with me and him. The Orem. So the the Northern Colorado Owls used to be the Orem Owls, and that was the big in-state rivalry with Raptors. Because back when we were affiliated with major league teams, they were the affiliate of the Angels. We were the affiliate of the Dodgers. The Owls then moved to Northern Colorado, so that that rivalry kind of still there. Yeah, so at, at times, you know, both teams have uh, over the last couple of years traded enough players to in to and fro each other that that's still present. I, I suppose for Chris's sake and for everybody else's sake, I can I'll get us back on the hockey track. When you talk about the the Weber State Utah State uh, rivalry, I almost and this is from a from someone that's that views it through Colorado lenses. That's an undersell to call it a rivalry. Oh, yeah. It is a blood sport is what those games are. Well, it's a good thing that like, I know um, unless things have changed, because uh, I know old, as we were calling it on the podcast beforehand, the, uh, I guess the senior Ogden Mustangs. I don't know what else we wouldn't call Weber state at this point. If uh, so many players who end up aging out and some who actually don't end up aging out, they just choose to move on to college because you definitely have players that have a uh, not, aged out of junior hockey, but have just chosen to, to move on to college and start their college hockey career. Uh, what you guys got, what you guys got, uh, Stanford Zito, Tucker Thorstad. They haven't aged out, but uh, they've chosen to move on to college. And a lot of guys go there. But Jack Jones, who was the previous captain for the uh, Ogden Mustangs a season ago, his little brother, Lil Jones, is actually at Utah State, not playing hockey, but I believe he's a lacrosse player. So the, the rivalry's got to be very strong in the Jones family as well. Oh, so the, the Utah State-Weber Re, State rivalry goes a little deeper because there's a lot of former Mustangs on that Utah State team as well. And Zach Pierre's, um, we got Ty a couple Anderson. of goalies, Tyne Anderson. You know, they're great players. They're just choosing to go to, up to Utah State or they're going to Weber. Uh, two years ago, we had Bryce Miller go to Utah. Um, so – Weber State has has really been the main benefactor of that that Ogden Mustangs pipeline because a lot of these guys are playing in that that venue. They like the venue. They like that big glass window where you see the mountains every game, and they're just choosing to stay there because uh, I hate to say it, but working with both teams, the student section for Weber State is so loud. You know, it's – I think Mustang games are pretty loud. Nothing compared to Weber State games. They are so loud. And it's I, a great vibe, and I think that's why they're staying. I, you know, and, and it's and it's interesting, too. Like, I mean, you saw the, the Robertson Cup MVP from Oklahoma City committed to Arizona, their D1 squad in the ACHA. And, I mean, I know 
like this conversation crops up a lot. Like you see a lot of guys that are starting to look at NCAA three commitments and go, I'm just going to stay home and, and play club. And I use that in quotes, like they're going to play ACHA hockey because of exactly what Justin said, like the environment's better, the commitment's better. And, you know, it's the classic, like, would you rather play in front of raucous students in your, you know, in an area that you're familiar with, like Ogden, if you're, you know, a Mustangs guy or, or, or risk it going back somewhere where that kind of commitment may not be there. Um, and you still, you know, if you're playing club hockey, you still, you still get to be a part of the student body and you can still study what you want to study. You're not limited necessarily by NCAA travel or NCAA sanctioned stuff. It's, you know, you look at Weber state schedule and they'll have a couple of like longer road trips. They'll host a tournament over Thanksgiving, but you know, they're not flying across the country to play games. They're, they're staying local. They're, they're busing over the weekend or whatever. I actually have the unreleased. So I can't really like dive deep into it. They've released some games of our schedule. Um, it's not like publicly released yet, but yeah, that I think our furthest, our furthest road trip is actually in Missouri for the Linwood showcase. And that's our, that's our furthest trip this year, but last year we were they traveled quite a while. I thought the pu- I thought the release was public already. I thought I saw it on Weber is State's it? Instagram. Yeah, you know, it might be. I'm pretty uh, sure because when you said I'm Lindenwood, sorry. yeah. Let's look here. I got to look now because I follow Weber State on Instagram because it's basically like I said, senior Mustangs. senior Mustangs. <laughs> The senior Mustangs, yeah, yeah. The the it's the last uh All right, last post cool. of them. They got the whole schedule, so you can talk about it. Go for it. Perfect. So, yeah, we're going to to St. Louis, Missouri. Our first game there is October twentieth, and we're playing Linwood University. Then we play DePaul University, and then the University of Iowa in that showcase. And that's a showcase I I'm not too familiar about, so I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to potentially maybe fly out there to catch a couple of games, because at the end of the day, I am still a fan. I may broad, I may be the voice of this team, but I I am I love this team and I I love what they're doing. Um, and then yes, we do host the the Beehive Showcase, uh, November 16th through the 19th, and then we also have the Wasatch Cup. But I believe that's the the in-state teams only for that that Wasatch Cup. So yeah, we got a lot of tournaments, a lot of showcases that we're going to try to do this year. Um, but that that just shows that we're growing, and that's that's all you can ask for when it comes to hockey is that the sport grows healthy. I mean, you guys even have the uh, when when you mentioned the not so much Lindenwood, but I see you guys got the uh, the Big Mountain Classic in Greeley, Colorado. Oh, there, the twelve. I missed that one. Yeah, the Big Mountain Classic, uh, 12th through the 15th in Greeley, Colorado. I want to say this. As, like, so we're a junior hockey podcast that periodically talks to some of your college programs, and we're going to be starting to cover the ACHA here monthly, so this is what this podcast is about. But I love the fact that they've chosen to do this Big Mountain Classic in into what I consider the depression time of year, which is January through March. Because nothing cool is happening. All the holidays are over. Everything sucks. It's dark. It's rainy. It's cold. And this is a great time to do it. I'm going to just stare down the USPHL again. Guys, if you're listening, I despise the time frame of the Las Vegas showcase. I'm sure there's a justification for it, but whatever that justification is sucks because there's multiple reasons to that. Number one, you have players already departing because they don't want to miss being home for Christmas. Number two, the flights at that time of year suck. It's Christmas. People should be able to book stuff well in advance or they're going to. I just think that's idiotic. Hotels are more expensive. Rental cars are hard to get. Can we move the Las Vegas showcase to almost any other time of year? I despise the time frame of the showcase, and it really irritates me because I got screwed left and right at that showcase last year. Okay, I won't name the, the rental car company because you guys are evil, but I'm never using you again because guess what? They won't pick you up. They won't. They'll just leave you stranded because they gave your car away. That's what they'll do. I think, and then, of course, all the weather happenings. I got trapped in New York City. It, listeners, you've heard the story before if you listen to this podcast. It was a 
leaving the showcase was horrific. The timing of the showcase is terrible. They need to shift it. Shift it to January. I see the Big Mountain Classic, and I'm like, that's a smart showcase. People are coming back. The boys want to see each other again because they've been with family, and then they got annoyed by their family because if you spend more than 24 hours around your family, you start hating them again. And it's a great – I think they just need to shift the Vegas showcase. Just push it back three weeks. That's all you got to do. Christmas time sucks. Let the boys go home early. Let them really enjoy it. I don't understand this need to have the Las Vegas showcase days before Christmas every year. Oh, okay, guys, got that off my chest. Let's talk about this amazing nice hockey. I, I, I was going to say, I think the thing that is also really almost underrated about the the Big Mountain, uh, the BMHC Classic, is where it falls on the timeline. I mean, you know, this conversation has come up for the University of Northern Colorado the last two years. It, you know, last year it happened for uh, UCLA. Um, but, but where it is on the schedule, it can very well determine if you're going to make regionals or not, um, because you're guaranteed that you're going to get three or four high quality games. That'll help your, your boost, your rating, help with the computers, help with your RPI. And, you know, depending on what you have left on the schedule, it can playing well and winning games in that tournament. Um, you know, it, it can be the difference between qualifying for regionals and, and not um, in particular uh, I'm thinking last year, that was the kind of the boat that Boise state was in and uh, Dakota college at Botno, uh, where they were coming into that tournament, knowing that if la- they played well, they could bank a trip to regionals, no matter what happened um, the rest of the year. And, and I think that's especially true um, for the Colorado team, since they play in a, in a smaller conference and they aren't guaranteed a regional berth out west the same way that um folks that play in the mount west conference and um the wchc and the pack eight like those all meet those thresholds um and for unc metro state cu um which came on strong last year at the end they don't have that guarantee and so that 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 tournament in mid-january is huge for them You've got the the coverage there, the division there for what Northern Colorado's in and, and Colorado. What's uh, I have my notes here because here's one thing, ladies and gentlemen. I will say, I figured out for the most part, someone could always throw a curveball. I figured out the junior hockey landscape in the United States and Canada, Scandinavia. I've given up, but I've un- I understand the the landscape of the junior hockey world so when people reach out i can explain to them this is tier one this is tier two this is tier three this is they say they're tier three but they're not tier three like i can say that about each level of what's out there right now in terms of the junior hockey world i look at acha i'm confused um that's why I, i invited you know, you guys on because I want to make sure that we can be able to start covering teams like the Senior Mustangs and and all the guys that end up going to like uh, the Northern Colorado Bears and uh, and so many other teams, Utah State, uh, uh, University of Utah. Uh, there's so much amazing hockey out west that's so undercovered, but I understand people's confusion because I'm right now just even trying to figure out. Um, like the women's side of, and I think I got, okay, so I've got this so far. I've, I've been working through my notes. So ladies and gentlemen, you can listen with me. And this is what I know. I'm not going to go into details, but I've got like, in terms of D one, you got the Western collegiate hockey league. Um, in yes. the ACHA, and there's 10 teams there. Yep. Uh, being what I have is the wild cats, the sun devils, the antelopes, the rebels, the Utes, buffaloes, uh, Rams, bears, Sooners, and Broncos. I think yep. it's Broncos or Bronchos. What, what's Central Oklahoma? That's Broncos. The Bronchos. That's uh, UCO, Central Oklahoma. They were they were amazing again last year. Um, Is that where uh, Lantuk went? Artem Lantuk. Yep. So he's there. So you know what's funny about some of these ACHA West programs, and uh, Justin will appreciate this being a you know Ogden slash Weber State guy. Is is there are just certain schools that uh, become a popular spot for guys for certain programs to land, right? Familiarity style. Obviously all your buddies are there. Um, so UCO uh, at the D one level is a very popular landing spot um, for former Pueblo Bulls. 
So uh, say. Dougie, Dougie <laughs> plays there. He was phenomenal last year. Artem Landuk is there. Andre Blaha is there. Um, there were a few other guys that were there um, that had bounced around the USPHL's uh, Mountain Division. So that's kind of, I guess, their landing spot. Weber and Utah State and Utah on occasion will claim a lot of the um, Ogden outlier um, guys. UNC has historically been um, a, a good landing spot for folks that have played junior hockey in the state of Colorado. Um, I'm trying to think where, where are your other um, popular spots, but the, the WCHL as a D one conference is incredibly good. I mean, they draw well, um, they run well, U of A, as you mentioned, Chris and ASU are both in that conference. They have a terrific rivalry. Um, when they play, they're doing it in front of thousands of people down in Tucson um, or in Tempe. So it, nothing but positive growth for the ACHA out west, um, which is good and bad, I think, in some ways, because I sometimes wonder if it's almost become like the the structure has not caught up with how seriously folks are taking it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and – there's so many great programs out there and, and just trying to make sure they get the proper coverage and the respect uh, for the level of hockey they're playing at here. And and uh, listeners should have been able to hear our most recent podcast and a very, very popular and highly downloaded podcast uh, with our co-host Heath Goldsmith here on kind of just talking about ACHA hockey. Uh, you listeners really seem to like that episode. Uh, so that could have triggered this whole development of, of, of bringing you guys on board and, and trying to digest uh, at least ACHA out west. Because uh, in the women's side, I've only shown six teams, and I'm showing the uh, the Sun Devils, the Antelopes, the Pioneers, the Buffaloes, the Rams, and the Utes. Am I pretty solid there? Yeah, and, and I think to the you know again like that's I think out west especially a little bit slower developing um at at the at any level like it's not broken down into multiple divisions out here the same way that it is back east um, where they have you know women's division one and women's division two um and so those programs are are the extent for now um of the women's club game i hope that keeps growing montana state's an independent as well um so we're, we're getting there yeah, and I just shared my screen with you boys so you can see my craziness. <laughs> but I keep notes for absolutely everything. Um, so we've also got, like, we're moving into D2 then. And I'm looking at the Big Mountain Hockey Conference, and you guys can see it now here. But I show the Buffaloes, the Bears, the Rams, the Pioneers, the Roadrunners, and the Cowboys. Yeah, so the, the BMHC, um, and then I'll shut my pie hole for a minute, um, yeah. The BMHC is a six-team conference. Wyoming is the only non-Colorado team um, in the conference, but given its proximity to everybody else, um, the travel is minimal for folks. Um, so it's it's a Colorado-based conference, um, stays up and down the front range with UNC and Wyoming kind of being the exceptions. And for postseason play, the biggest difference for the BMHC, as I kind of talked about earlier, is – as a conference, you are guaranteed an automatic bid to regionals if you have at least eight teams in your conference. So the WMCHL, which Justin knows way better than I do, um, has an auto bid to regionals. The WCHC down in the uh, southwest on the Pacific Coast has a um, has a automatic bid, but the BMHC does not. So their teams have to qualify through a season-long slog as it were to try and make regionals which is distinct out west yeah because i look at these and I, I know you guys are seeing my notes but don't worry about what i show with like the pack eight the pacific collegiate or the west coast uh hockey conference because still working my way through trying i got really really lost in the weeds with the uh the pack eight intercollegiate hockey conference got really lost in the weeds so I figured this is where this this podcast like this is going to really help because we can kind of really dissect what teams are are part of these conferences so that our listeners can get a better grasp as we continue to move forward because I love to give every single one of these these programs out west uh, coverage because as, as I'm seeing here we got again the men's and the women's D1 programs uh, or conferences 
and then uh, counting about five D2 conferences out West. A lot of our players coming out of junior hockey in the West end up in these conferences. They go out East, they go to NCAA programs as well, or, or they move on and, or they go pro. Uh, we've had a bunch of players leave the USPHL premier this year and go pro in Europe. Um, as well as right here in North America with uh, like the FPHL and the SPHL. But, um, you know, that coverage out West for these players is always critical. And I love hockey and I love college hockey and I want to talk more college hockey. So that's why we're hoping to, you know, make this a monthly, you know, a monthly feature. So we move out to the Mount. And actually, before we break into the Mount West Collegiate Hockey League, but we do want to talk about the first sponsor for this episode, and that's going to be Raycon. Even if you're not able to join me in the blissfully cool Copenhagen climate this summer, you can still escape into that vacation state of mind. Whether spending your summer at training camps where you need to get the, some of that upbeat music to pump you up, or much like me, need to vibe out to some Lord Huron and Sticky Fingers, you can create your own summer soundtrack by popping in Raycon wireless earbuds. The earbud tap function allows me to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen as they come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. And have a 32-hour battery life, including 8 hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They start at just half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons actually come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Pigeonal Hockey Podcast listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. We want to thank Raycon for sponsoring this episode. And talking about maybe what we're going to be looking at in terms of the upcoming ACHA season, we want to move into the division that is that of the Ogden Mustangs. And that's going to be the Mountain West Collegiate Hockey League. Uh, it consists of the Cougars, the Aggies, the Wolverines, Wildcats, Marauders, the Ore Diggers, Bobcats, and the Argonauts. Talk a little bit more about that, Justin. Did I get it? Almost. There is uh, one change that was not on the website, and it's still not on the website. Uh, BYU Cougars are no longer active as a hockey team. Um, a lot of their players went to U- oh, wow. Utah Valley. Uh, two years ago, unfortunately, there was a adamant fight among supporters, the team. I know a lot of Weber State fans and, and team members signed the petition to keep the club. I know a lot of Utah State fans signed it because we want to keep those in-state rivalries and we want to keep, you know, traditions there and they are no longer a team, but taking their spot in the mountain West was Boise state. So the Broncos took their spot in that mountain West. They last year, I think was their first year. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but they, they are a great program. Or just Jersey. I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say from, from top to bottom, I, I think, and you know, I may, I may inspire some hate mail here. I, I think it's the deepest of the D two conferences um, in the West top, top to bottom. When you throw in Weber and Utah state, Montana state, um, the Argos at, at Providence and then university of Mary, the Marauders are in this conference for one more year. And then they are moving up to ACHA Division One, which is ultimately a better fit um, for them and their program um, because it's 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 an it's a club sport, but it's unofficially kind of looped in um, with their athletic department resources. And kind of to Justin's point, even about BYU and just in general, I think the hard part sometimes with the ACHA particularly out West is you'll have programs, you'll have club programs, coaches, officers that really run a tight ship. It's, it's thorough across the board from a stream game day, how they handle everything, which can sometimes cause a conflict when, you know, you, you step back and people will go, well, it's still a club sport. It's not sanctioned. You know, you have to have university approval for everything, but it's not always um, supported infrastructurally. And that kind of, you know, looking at BYU, right, that I think was a lot of the, the struggle was the university and club sports says, hey, we are not going to put this forward anymore. 
And, you know, the club sport themselves said, hey, we're doing everything we can. We're running, you know, X, Y, and Z. Why can't we be allowed to do that? Um, and that's kind of where you, you get stuck sometimes between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, they're playing at the Peaks Ice Arena down in Provo for BYU. Might as well stay there and just move your equipment over to the Utah Valley locker room. Same arena. You know, um, I do think it kind of, from what I understand, it kind of boiled down to some ice time conflicts with the uh, new NCDC team, the Provo Predators. They just went up from the the Premier League. It kind of boiled down to they were using the same rink, the same ice time. BYU had the lowest attendance of the three. There was there was a multitude of factors, but I think it could have been. I mean, that's a that's a battle that I mean, how how many. Uh, out west, how many ACHA teams um, they uh, fight that yearly, right? Where they're Utah's a little bit different, maybe sometimes there's just not enough ice to go around. That's I think exactly. that's the hardest thing with with the ACHA out west is there just is not enough ice to go around. I mean, you look at the state of Colorado, even um, I mean on the on the eastern side of the Rockies. You have a three-sheet facility in Westminster. You have the Broadmoor in the Springs. You have a single sheet in Pueblo. You have a single sheet in Greeley. You have a double sheet in Fort Collins. Oh, and a, a triple sheet in Littleton. And a double sheet. And a double sheet in Littleton. Like that's it. I mean, you're you're looking at the whole state, and you've really got five five to six facilities that, you know, can host youth hockey, junior hockey, ACHA hockey. And at some point, somebody's going to get squeezed. Exactly. And in you, in the thing with Utah is the peak size has a, is a three sheet facility. You've got the Weber County sports complex. That's a two sheet facility. Uh, you got the one up in Logan, which is, I believe it's a one sheet unless they might've expanded uh, then you've got the Oval in West Valley. That's a single. You've got the Accord Center. That's a single. Then you've got the Double in Salt Lake for the University of Utah. Uh, and then you have, in terms of overall ice, you know, we've got the Maverick Center. But let's be honest, I don't think a college hockey program is going to the Maverick Center anytime soon. I just Not enough support. I didn't even know – the Grizzlies had a women's team until I went to watch a Utah game. Didn't even know that. They don't advertise it. And I think when they advertise it more, you know, I, I, I know Utah's a hockey hockey state at heart. I know it is because I go to all these games. I go to the Weber games. I go to the Logan games up for Utah State. The fans are there, you know. It's just in terms of getting it out there and advertising. I think if University of Utah, I think if they branded their hockey team, that's a that's a large body of students that you can get in. And especially with Utah Valley as well, because I think it just came out that in terms of student enrollment, Utah Valley is the number one ranked student body in the state of Utah. And they're minnows compared to Utah in size. But they – they market more. They they get their hockey team out there more, like Weber State and Utah State does. So there's more attendance for their games. Um, but yeah, someone had to someone had to be bounced, and unfortunately, it was BYU. I mean, where could they go? They didn't have somewhere to go. They were really forced out of their home. So I, again, I think this is what lies with the with hockey in the west and why the coverage of hockey in the west is so critical and why you know i guess we've been pretty big advocates on this podcast of uh, the junior hockey programs in the west and they're they're a blast they're fun to watch and they get the crowds and and, and justin you being all over there at a lot of these utah games and same with you brendan there in colorado the fan support can be there but sometimes just knowing that a team is there is tough. I, I can tell you when I moved to Salt Lake City area originally, uh, well, more towards the Ogden area, I had no idea there was a uh, junior hockey team in Ogden or West Valley or anywhere. I um, 
I figured out that there was a junior hockey team in Ogden because I was looking for ice time as my for myself as a goalie, just looking to join a local beer league. And uh, we ended up at the Weber Ice Sheet, and I kept seeing Mustang stuff everywhere. And I asked one of the guys, who are the Ogden Mustangs? And he's like, oh, it's a junior team. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I came to see some games, and that was 2016, and been a fan ever since. Uh, they were WSHL back in the day, but, you know, a lot more blowouts, that's for sure. Uh, not so much oh. fun to watch, truthfully. Uh, they were not – it was – honestly, as a hockey fan, it wasn't fun, it, you know, watching just a team get destroyed. Uh, and I, I don't saw know, man. That, the, <laughs> no. that was fun for me. Oh, maybe it's a – yeah, you're a Mustang <laughs> fan. See, I was – like, I'm a, I'm a hockey fan, I think, first and foremost. So I like competition when it, when a – teams is just blowing out another team whether you're on the winning end or the losing end of that and i guess being a goalie that has been on both sides of those games uh, i've been on the ice watching the other goalie just get destroyed and i have been the goalie getting destroyed so maybe it's more the compassion and empathy for the uh the, the goalies on the the losing end because they're doing everything they can but when the team just isn't good enough or tired or doesn't care or injured as all can be Uh, that fourth or fifth rebound is going to go in. You you can't stop it. Um, You know, uh, Patrick Colburn knows that all too well, having been with the, uh, the Provo river blades uh, in their second season, you know, when you're facing 70, 80 shots a game, eventually nine or 10 of them are going to go in. And uh, that was, that was a rough team to watch too. And there's been, there's been teams that just have rough seasons and it happens. That's, that's sports. You're, (laughs) <laughs> sometimes you're going to win a championship. Other times you're lucky to win two games. It's it's the nature of the beast, but there's a couple other divisions out there in D2 and I'm hoping, but not expecting uh, you all to be able to shine some light on them for me. Um, the one that c- kind of started making me pull my hair out was what I see to be the pack eight intercollegiate hockey conference. Is it eight? How many teams are there now? Do you know who the teams are? That's the hair puller for yeah. everyone. Yeah, okay. Yes. It's okay. And and that's because they've gone through so much, you know, transition. Like you talk about, about Boise State, um, you know, moving to the MWCHL, Oregon and San Diego State, who were both members, went D one and they went independent. Um so it's it's a little UCLA left that conference as well to move um to the WCHC, which is a little bit a, a lot more geographically and travel friendly for them so yeah that's a hair puller for for us as well okay all right so that's that makes me feel better because i i got so frustrated i was like i gave up because i'm like nothing nothing's making sense so how about the pacific collegiate hockey association yeah a little too far west for me which is funny (laughs) because i'm on the west side of the rockies i should know this the way that i understand it is the pcha was a smaller california conference that ultimately merged with the WCHC, which they have a fascinating format, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second because I I think we're going in alphabetical order here and they're last. So that's what the PCHA used to be, was four or five really small California state schools. But they've kind of separated or spread out? They've merged with the WCHC, which um, is the the Western uh, Collegiate Hockey Conference. And the way that that conference works, which I I like, um, is essentially they I, I can't remember it's like 16, 18 teams, something like that now. Oh, but so it's a big it's a big division. It's massive, but they have pro rel uh, promotion relegation set up within their conference. So the 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 top tier are like UCSB, UCLA, GCU, ASU, Loyola Marymount. Um, which made some noise at regionals last year. So they're all in the top tier. And in the second tier are a lot of the smaller schools or the growing programs, USD, UCSD, UC Davis. There are a couple others that I can't remember off the top of my head. But essentially, if you win that second tier, you move up, right? You're now in tier one and vice versa. If you finish dead last in tier one, they drop you down. Um, because the idea being that, like, you know, it's it's club hockey, like you're still paying for it. It's still something you want to do. And you don't necessarily want to be in a setting where you're getting smoked every time you go out. 
um, which is one of the reasons the WCHC started this structure is, you know, they would have Grand Canyon, which is a very established program, or NAU or ASU go out and play Chapman University and beat them 17 nothing. Well, that's no fun for anybody, right? And so it's a way to kind of guarantee everyone's getting um, a good competitive schedule. I love it. Love it. So that's going to have to be something I wrap my head around too, because that tells me then we've got the, we got the two D one conferences for the men and the women there. And then we've got four, I think, or three conferences in D two for the ACHA because the pack gate is the hair puller because the, the pack gate doesn't make any sense to anybody right now. I right? just, it's, I'm just trying to keep, I can't keep track and maybe Justin's better at this year. I can't keep track of who all's in it. It's Cal, Washington, Washington state, EWU. I think Western Washington's in there. I think it's all the pack Northwest schools now and Cal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exactly like the, the pack 12 is in football right now. It's just, no one knows really what's going on with it. So it's, it's just oh, there. I feel so right bad now. for Oregon state. Yeah. You know, I when it so <laughs> Yeah, when it came out that one of the presidents said, Hey, can you take all of us except for Washington State and Oregon State? I really felt bad for Oregon State. They have put so much time and effort into their program, a brand yeah. new stadium, just to get burned like that. Like I I really hated to see that. I, I'm just I'm holding I'm hold I I'm a I'm a Mountain West person through and through, San Diego State grad. Uh and, you know, almost all of my mom's family went to Washington State. Uh, I just – I if I get started on the Pac-12 and the conference realignment market, this will no longer be a podcast. It will be a rant, and it will be 30 to 40 minutes strong. So I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Let you guys take we, we, this one. Just seeing that everything that's unfolded from that has been crazy. But um, before we actually shift into that, I want to talk about the other sponsor on this podcast – and that is going to be DraftKings. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts, Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with the Highwood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus legal requirements for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this podcast. I'm super excited for the season itself. Uh, we won't get into that on this podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. Uh, because uh, this is a hockey, but you know what? We're a sports fan, and you can tell between baseball and football and hockey. I love my football. I mean, you've got Justin here wearing his Raptors jersey, basically named the sport, and Brendan is calling it. I'm wearing my Sydney Swans AFL jersey. Go Swans, take down Melbourne. The game was postponed, so got to figure out. I think it's today. I'll be, I don't know, I'll figure out when they postpone the game, too. But we're almost we're wrapping up the season here, so hopefully we uh I don't know how to, else to put it, boys. But me and Justin were talking, and I was telling Justin how I became a Cardinals fan, and how they basically won the NLCS in '04 and then got destroyed by Boston in '04. And I knew they were my team because listen, I was living there at the time, and I had been a fan for them for a few years. And then having my Swans make the grand final last year. And just get destroyed. I just don't know how I keep picking these teams as a Buffalo kid. Uh, yes, yes, the Cardinals did win the MLB in 2005. Then I think again in 2011, 2012, 20, well, 2011. 
I'm a San Diego and I've accepted that we can't have anything nice. Padres <laughs> man. Uh, it's, oh, it's you know, Aztecs, right? Yeah. Um, so your your Aztecs Almada right there, right? That's your uh Yep. You said your SDSU grad. What do you think about uh Brody Shaw? You know, he's now a how many how many gold medals has has Brody and, and the Chinese Taipei team won now? Uh, back to back to back, I think now at this point. I could be wrong, but I think it's three back to back. Brody just stellar goalie. Uh was playing with Rock Springs prospectors last year, now the Casper Roughnecks. But um He's an SDSU commit along with um, uh, who just went down there. I think Nick Heinzel out of Ontario also signed down there in SDSU. So they're gonna have a they're gonna have a stack net just between those two. I'm not gonna lie, those are two just incredible, outstanding netminders. And you know Brody's been a previous guest on this podcast, so gotta shout out Brody when we get a chance. But wrapping my head around ACHA hockey and the movement, and of course. We, we, we got on the football rant because whatever's happening with the demise of the Pac-12, and I know we don't want to go down that route. Uh, oh, you guys go right ahead. I just I – know, <laughs> I know for me, I have to stop myself. Yeah, it's – there's – with the way they just shift around in and of that, like if I'm one of these other divisions in football, I'm trying to pick up Oregon state and Washington state like that, especially Oregon state with that new stadium play. People are going to want to play there away or home. You know, they're going to want to be in that stadium. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. There's a year to figure that out. There's definitely potentially still movement in the college football world. But when I look at the ACHA hockey world, and the movement that's happening there. And I guess I'm not, I don't feel so bad now. I really, I dug, I dug until I got frustrated with the pack eight and just gave up truthfully, lack of a better word, <laughs> you know, just trying to understand my, I want to understand the ACHA Western hockey world and know what the showdowns are going to be and be able to track the showdowns. I don't have enough knowledge on the ACHA uh, to date to be able to do that. And that's where you two having already being able to unpack what you've done on this episode has been incredible talking about certain divisions here when it comes to the wrap up. Okay. So all these divisions in D two, right. They declare winners based off if they have enough teams, right. Like the eight teams and such when they eventually win their division or their conference, they move on. Correct. Yes. Like I know Weber state, did not win the like Weaver State lost right in the conference finals. This year. Yes, to Utah State. Okay, and oh that kind. Okay, I'm understanding the rivalry more and more just based off of that. Um, oh, but if they you, lost if you want me to unpack that rivalry in a whole of last year, I can unpack that entire rivalry and how it got so like white hot last year. It was it was amazing. We'll probably have to do that on the, the next ACHA episode yeah. here where. Because uh, when's the season start? You said it's so um, September. Yeah, our season, our home opener is the fifteenth and sixteenth. One of them being against okay. Utah State. Okay, so just like the junior hockey world, the college hockey world is going to be starting at the same time, and uh, probably that last episode of the month in September, where I have no clue where I'm going to be for recording that episode. So everyone's going to have to be patient. I could be in Greece. I could be in Italy. I could be in Canada. I could be somewhere not listed. I have no, literally no clue where I'm going to be for any of these recordings coming up in the next couple months. So everyone's just going to have to bear with me because I'm, our world is chaos at the moment as we, as we depart Copenhagen in our apartment here in three weeks. But, um, yeah, just in time for that. Literally, we're moving out the day the season begins. So you can understand my frustration level with what I look forward to all year being literally the same day that uh, I have to be focused on almost anything and everything else but hockey. It's going to be a super weird time. And, and again, you listeners out there, if uh, you're a player or a coach or a GM, don't assume I'm going to see your save in the beginning of the season. Don't assume I'm going to see your amazing goal. If you don't point it out, probably not going to see it. Cause I have no idea what my internet connection is going to be from uh, Airbnb to hotel or wherever we end up in these. I don't know how much I trust Airbnb at this point, but 
um, you know, I don't know where we're going to quite be in our internet connection. So if you're not pointing out your amazing saves, I don't know if I'm going to be able to see them. So please point out your amazing saves because as a goalie, I love a good sexy save. It's basically why I wake up in the morning and uh, hockey season's here. So if you guys can point out those saves, please let me know. But yeah, moving forward into the ACHA season, boys, I think, uh, Justin, that's what we'll talk about maybe on this next when we can all coordinate the next recording here in a month. We'll make this a monthly feature, the ACHA West, and hopefully have a little bit better layout of what teams are looking at and who's playing who and uh, get some great coverage of both uh, the men's and women's D1 conferences as well as uh, what appears to be three, potentially four D2 conferences. And uh, if you have a better insight, because I know you're out there, reach out. I'd love to have a better grasp. If you can break it down for me like I'm five, uh, I would very much appreciate that. <laughs> I would love to know who plays who, who's in what conference, who advances based off of this. But until then, we're just going to slightly – just kind of at the moment focus on the BMHC and the uh, MWCHL because uh, that's our current context. But again, the D1, I think the D1 structure makes sense. I really don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm that confused about the uh, WCHL and, uh, and the women's, the six teams right now that I think are the only six teams in the women's side. I think it'd be, uh, it'd be great to get a little bit better grasp on all the D2 layout there, but Boys, anything you want to say before we wrap up this episode? No, just thanks for having me back. Like I said, it's been what feels like an eternity, so I'm I'm glad I wasn't vaccinated and shamed. No, you weren't. You just you just you're so busy. Honestly, a lot. Everyone's worlds like mine's nuts right now. But I've I've committed to the fact that I'm going to drop an episode a week, whether you guys like it or not. I always have a backup episode if for some reason I can't. Everything hits the fan that week, and I just can't make it happen. You'll just hear some, some generic episode where we talk about like the 2014 draft class or something, but you at least get that weekly content. Because again, the reason I did that, and I will say it again, I drove a lot for a lot of years on long road trips. And when I found a podcast I liked or a radio show like on Sirius XM or something that I liked, I needed to hear it constantly. You hear these podcasts and like, oh, we're going to do this. And then they didn't. And then it, they had a few episodes or like a couple months of episodes and it just kind of died out. It, it stunk. So I knew if I ever started a podcast, I'd actually commit to the fact that people could rely on the fact that we would have at least one a week podcast out there, uh, rain or shine, like it or not. And again, still have backup episodes if, if something hits the fan and we're not able to record that week. But Brendan, you, you've had a busy life. Uh, our co-host Steve had a busy life. He had to drop for a year and a half and that was perfect timing for Sebastian. And Sebastian became a head coach and had a baby and basically didn't have any free time. So he's kind of slid quietly into the background right now, but he still floats in and out. He still communicates. And, um, you know, Justin, you're probably going to be on here at least monthly now. And Brendan, you ever want to come back on and talk hockey, you know, we'll, we'll have you on. Uh, you've got all that deep insight. And, and of course, apparently, if you guys want to talk Owls Raptors. Yeah. That's yeah. If you need Pioneer League action, just find me or Justin. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's all available out there, and that's what we want to have for you listeners. But uh, I think, again, this is probably a great place to wrap this up. So we do want to thank our guests today, Brendan Price and Justin Monroe, for jumping on today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Oh, guys, thanks for jumping on. But, yeah, we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in to this latest edition of Pigeon Hockey. So be sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date and reach out if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey world, especially if you're in the ACHA West and you want to get on a future podcast and explain to me what's happening. But that said, this was the Pitching Hockey Podcast with Chris. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.